was to play with the legend Phil Kessel. Just got my mom's hair. Well, I guess uh, natural. Do we need a new intro? <laughs> Phil Kessel is a stand-up I can't believe that. Build a How's your breath? It's not good, eh? <laughs> so it is. Maybe we should have auditions. <laughs> it's fine. You know, you just catch your breath and go back after. When you bingo. Say, bingo. When you say audition new intros, do you mean audition as in try them out, or do you mean audition as in the audio editing software? Um, oh. <laughs> that would that would oddly like elite. <laughs> Elite uh, editing bragging. No, I thought that might be what you mean. You you know your audio software. I think that we should listen to the trash spell. <laughs> Cue it! <laughs> oh, I love trash. Anything dirty or dingy or dusty. Anything ragged or rotten or rusty. Yes, I love, I love, I love friends. Welcome to being a Pence fan. Well, I, I want to make clear here that Monsieur Le Grouch, <laughs> Monsieur Le Grouch, is only speaking for you. <laughs> I do not love trash. Even if the pens weren't trash, I would be, I'm still so angry about the pens that I wouldn't love them. But now that they're bad, I feel like this is a... What is it when people are hoisted on their own petard? Karma. <laughs> I feel like this is... Um... Oh, I thought you meant... I thought you were telling me to be calm. <laughs> you were having an argument with customer support on speakerphone oh yeah and she told you to calm down no the man it was a man who told he me to calm. told you to calm down yeah and i thought i've never actually heard that happen in real life yeah. such an inflammatory move on his part yeah and what did i do you did not calm down but you did get a whole bunch of free shit <laughs> and then did i um did I quit the service? Did I just speak over them until they just gave up and let me quit the service? Yeah, that's so, right. But now I, now that I'm thinking about it, I would enjoy telling you to calm down when you're on your pen's rant because that would stoke the flames. <laughs> Which I would, I would enjoy. <laughs> oh, welcome to our podcast, Anna. Oh, hello. We haven't podcasted in a really long time due to me not caring about the pens or hockey. You, you have, you do have thoughts and feelings, but they are so negative. I mean, the other thing is that because of the time difference and because even though with the time difference, because you have a much different work schedule than for me, mm-hmm. that you're sometimes able to watch games unspoilt, whereas yeah. I have a much more rigid sort of like nine to five schedule. So it, I, I, I can't be unspoilt for things unless someone tells me, to, oh, don't, don't get spoilt for this game. So um, I regularly check the score in the mornings anyway, when the pens were still good mm-hmm. and like good at good in the heart and good at hockey. Yeah. And um, I often don't watch games they lose because I think... Oh, yeah, the sun's only up in 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 London. The sun is only up for three hours a day in the winter. So I can't spend can't spend precious time uh, caring about like losing games. But because and, the pens... and when's the when the sun is down, obviously you can't watch because you have to go to bed then. Yeah, yeah. My cat wants to go to bed now. It's like seven thirty. She she was ready earlier, but um, uh, because I hate the pens. And because the pens are bad, I haven't watched a game of theirs in, uh, I'm going to say, about a month. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Good times. Yeah. I have been hate following their stats, though, so I'm ready. You're ready. 
I'm ready to talk. <laughs> Through the pens, your beloved trash pens. Mm. Have, um, trash pandas. Trash penguins. <laughs> trash penguins. <laughs> the trash penguins have um, lost many games. <laughs> they, before they lost last night's game, they had lost eight out of the last ten. Do you remember? And they're saying they've lost eight out of the last ten after that game, so they've lost nine out of the last eleven. Do you remember when they had that really rough um, sort of away games and back-to-backs at the start of the season? Oh. The run of the, the schedule. And and they, Penn's media said, oh, they'll really pick that up once they get into this, this easy part mm. that we're currently in with a whole bunch of home games. Oh, but they're, they're playing worse. <laughs> they're... They've lost nine out of the last eleven. I'm aware. They um, they oh, let's see. So I pulled up some stats earlier. The their shooting percentage is dead last. That's a defense of their play. By the yeah, way. I was gonna say, but that's a that's a good thing. That means it will turn around. Oh no, <laughs> no, because. They're trash at heart and trash on, on the ice. Their 5-on-5 five five goals against is garbage. Mm-hmm. Their goals for 5-on-5 five five are garbage. Their goalie safe percentage is garbage. They're 30th. And before people say that this is um, Niemi's fault, Niemi took the Montreal Canadiens, the Montreal Canadiens, the craptastic Montreal Canadiens to a shootout oh. last night. And I'm also, so happy for him. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, Murray's safe percentage this season. The their beloved Matt Murray, who can do no wrong, and all the hockey guys on Twitter were like, "No, blah blah blah." blah. Yes, um, safe percentage. This, this this these twenty four games is point nine zero six. Do you remember? If he loses one more game tonight, like uh, he says, apparently he said he wants to play the Lightning tonight um, on the back-to-back. If they get shellacked by the Lightning again, Murray's safe percentage might dip below nine hundred today. Oh my god! <laughs> Did you? I sent you a um, some someone on TSN had put together a sort of projected lineup for if. If the NHL players were going to the Olympics, they put together a team Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you saw that. Yeah, yeah. And then you commented on, I think, the fourth line. Hmm. Did you see who the goalies were? It was um, Carey Price. Yeah. Matt Murray. Yeah. And the one in the middle, the one who should be playing, was it Carey Crawford? Crawford? I don't, I don't know. I just saw Matt Murray and was so shocked that I immediately sent it to you. <laughs> Matt Murray is not having a good season and um, all the trash boys, <laughs> trash hockey boys who were pro-Murray last year and really trashed Flower into the ground, I... I, under- I understand why they were quite so vitriolic about Flower because everyone who... If you, if you don't believe in Flower and then you see all the positive things people are saying. That just ramps you up to say even meaner things about him. It was stats people who were saying that. And I feel like that's yeah, a betrayal of mathematics because you can't have, um, you can't compare two goalies who, one of them, one of whom is really old and has a huge career of building up to be a goalie and then like being up and down. And a young goalie who's having a very hot streak at the beginning of his career like it's it's stupid to compare those statistics the way they did because they were like oh Matt Murray's a 9.34 goalie not for very much longer and lo and behold not for very much longer it's like I I feel like this is the kind of thing that many men do when they know a little bit of science or mathematics where they use that to try to win an argument and then once once it goes away it's but like oh me isn't it just the the optimist in everyone to 
to hope that a hot a hot streak, a hot beginning of a career stays at that level? I feel like you're saying to me that the jury is out on science. <laughs> and, no, I'm saying they're and, obviously wrong. They're obviously misinterpreting the data that they have and misusing. No, they're not misinterpreting it. They being assholes to try to win an argument on the winter internet. It's it's not anything to do with science or maths. It's just men being trash. <laughs> Much like the Pittsburgh Penguins. And as we come back to the Pittsburgh Penguins, can we talk about Phil Kessel for a second? Yes, always. Because um, at the beginning of the season, Phil Kessel isn't scoring. And, you know, like any time Pittsburgh has a slump or Phil Kessel isn't, having a show because he backs up points pretty well but it's just oh he hasn't scored a goal in ages and so they were on him at the beginning of the season and then it looks Plus like also he was going to fall apart without rick tockett oh yeah so phil kessel is leading this team in points and goals i think i mean that's no great feat at this, mm, at this I th- moment i think maybe he's tied with gensel for goals is he because gensel scored last night yeah oh Oh, yeah, they have nine goals. No one's over double digits. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> but it's like, I, I feel like the media, especially his home media, is very happy to go after Phil Kessel at the drop of a hat, mm-hmm. which I think he's just taken as his, like, this, this is my career. I really feel like they should apologise to Phil Kessel. I think they should. They should print a big, like, You know, if they do that, it will be super backhanded. But they should still apologise to him. You can't go after someone that way. And then I feel like journalists love defending journalism. Okay. Oh, mm -hmm. whenever anyone says anything mean about a journalist, it's like, like, how dare you? Super Call defend- out that journalist. He was doing his, his job. job. Yeah. It's his job to ask those dumb questions. I'm like, okay, sure, you're paid to be an asshole and be very bad at writing yeah. <laughs> and be very bad at thinking, but surely I can criticise you. Yeah, and you're also the paid way you to do yeah. hear that criticism. Yeah, because you are criticising others. Yeah, I am paying for your work. Although, who pays for journalism? We do. I do, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I just, I, I feel like people need to f- apologise to Phil Kessel, even though Kessel isn't my favourite, I, I mean, I really like Phil Kessel, he's not my favourite, but I think people should ap- apologise to Phil Kessel, who needs, who in that relationship needs each other more, Phil Kessel or Rick Tockett? Yeah, I, you know my thoughts on the coyotes, <laughs> yeah. Which that they're is, going to make the playoffs. They're going to go on a, a hot run for the next 70 games, next 60 games, and make the playoffs. Combined with other teams falling off completely. Do you think they'll, they'll finish higher than the Oilers? <laughs> You're on your own <laughs> fantasy land at the moment, so I don't know what to say. Let's, let's get it back to Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel. Would you like to hear what Evgeny Malkin had to say yep. when asked about playing on a line? Please. Your line, particularly with Phil, seems to be playing pretty well, my friend. Yeah, but Phil played good, but sometimes like he lose puck like, too much with, with his game. That is Gino <laughs> calling out Phil Kessel for losing the puck. Do you have the giveaway stats at hand? Um, you said the giveaway is, giveaway takeaway is 0.7%. For each of them. For each of them? Yeah. Is it on this? So, you can see, Mm. uh, somewhere along there, I can't see the screen, there should be a GA. Yeah. Goals against. At giveaways. Oh, oh, I thought it was goals against. Oh, no. Giveaways. Um, Evgeny Malkin, 21. Oh, that's a lot. Phil Kessel, nine. Is it because you're getting Malcolm plays point on the <laughs> on the power play? 
Also, one of the stats that I didn't mention was that the power play is ticking along at 22%. That's third in the league. If the Pens power play falls off without their... They have... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they would not be scoring any goals because their 5-on-5 five five play is garbage. It's now, slightly fallen off and that's coincided with their losing streak. Oh, right. Um, so their... their, their Garbage play has been led by the captain of Garbage, Sidney Crosby, who, after a, a really hot start to last season and a really poor start to the season before that, yeah, where he's like up and down, up and down, this season, it feels like he's just, um, I don't know, I think maybe it's that third cup. Yeah. Or... It's just he's really old, or he whatever he traded away for those two cups, like his soul that that deal with the devil, or touching Donald Trump has sapped <laughs> him of all his powers, and his soul has gone grey. Um, reminded me while I was running today. It reminded me of something. Hit it. has diminished and should sail into the west to leave the NHL for young hot stars like um young hot play stars like uh Sam Coase and um Kucherov and uh Goudreau mm-hmm. and Blake Wheeler I love, I love Blake Wheeler <laughs> me too um that and it should diminish unlike Galadriel he came upon the ring Trump mm-hmm and did not pass the test. <laughs> he stayed that really weird he, white lightning witch for <laughs> Because he didn't want to make it political. We should we should get off that horse. I know I brought it up, but um Tony Crosby is being punished by by karma. You be karma. No you <laughs> But right. yeah, so Sidney Crosby has um, seven goals, eight goals, I guess, because he scored one last night. Do you remember how many goals he scored at the start of last season? Oh, yeah. He, he scored so many that then when he stopped scoring goals, he still won the Rocket Richard. <laughs> He's, um, can I tell you who, can I tell you who is leading the pens in um, penalty minutes? If we disregard penalty taker Ryan Reeves. Okay, yes. So Ryan Reeves, who I'm going to just dis- disregard, he had 66 penalty mm. minutes. But I, the, so that's sort of his, his job. That trade looks even more awful as day go, days go on. Um, Sidney Crosby has at least 32 penalty minutes. I don't know if he took any penalties yesterday. <laughs> Chris Letang has taken 22 Kessel has taken 22. Kessel has taken 22 penalty minutes. Malkin mm-hmm. has only taken 20. Well, he's he hasn't played the last couple of games. <laughs> uh, good times. Would you like to hear, um, since we're not talking about Trump? Oh, we can talk about Trump, just not sitting Trump anymore. Oh, he's been that dead horse. Well, he's a new horse. You know, you've made a couple of posts on social media. I don't know if you want to talk about it or not, but I'm curious uh, what the background was behind that, why you chose to do that. Yeah, I not really want to talk about that, but it's like just a tough time right now in, uh, about the Olympics, you know, what's going on. Like, uh, it's like about doping, you know, it's like tough situation. And uh, I just want to support, like, not just presidents, just I want to support, like, all, like, uh, athletes, you know, all like uh, sportsmen in, in like support my uh, country. Evgeny Malkin uh, has come out in a grassroots campaign, air quotes, grassroots 
uh, supporting uh, Vladimir Putin and following his game in Washington. Washington. Had a very long conversation with Odi, apparently, and then posted Putin team, hashtag Putin team. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't have that ready. Yeah. <laughs> no. I I find I find um, Putin to be horrifying. Mm. I um, I am not that well versed in Russian politics, except for that. I watch the news a lot at work. <laughs> and so I guess I might be better first than some people who casually watch the news, mm-hmm. but not as good as Russians or people who analyse Russia. I find his... Intellectually, I find that response from Gino to be fascinating because he's... And I, I find that that's probably true for many young apolitical quote-unquote apolitical Russians where Putin is now Russia so he's talk about wanting to support team Russia about the Olympics then possibly being um, exclusive for the Olympics because of state-sponsored doping so he talks about doping yeah. and that's why he's supporting Putin. So for many... Supporting the athletes. Yeah. So And his country. But for, yeah, for many young people who've only known Putin as president or prime minister, because he was prime minister at one point in the middle before they changed the laws so that he could be president forever. Um, so they've become one. I think it's, I think it's for Gino who clearly has lots of business ties he and his wife both have business ties and work ties in Russia and they're prominent athletes who make a lot of um, US dollars to take back to Russia probably not not being vocal when he is so old and ready, almost ready to go back to Russia to live. Mm, may have been political suicide not mm, to do it. Yeah. Um, especially because he's launched this clothing line in Russia, right? Yeah. This, um... He's sort of trash... Suddenly trash starting denim. to have a bit of a brand. Trash denim. Dis- distressed. <laughs> but with his heads. <laughs> ah. So... I find it interesting that in the defence of Yevgeny Malkin, it's really different in the press or online. Sidney Crosby got a lot of flack, which I felt was deserved. Yeah. With Gino... He's getting a lot of excuses. Or like, oh, but he's Russian. But And then it's like all these ideas about what non-Russians think Russia is... Oh, he's probably being blackmailed to do it. Or, oh, he's he's just dumb. Or he must just really love Putin. Or he's obviously like a Nazi like Putin. Like, it's, I just find it, it doesn't really say anything about Malkin's political situation or what his motivations are. It's a load of North Americans and a handful of Europeans revealing their ignorance about Russia yeah. and Russia's political problems. I include you yes, in the thank Europeans. You. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, so I, I am find... will remain an EU citizen. <laughs> Should we get married? <laughs> oh, <it's> so sudden. <laughs> um, I know for the passport situation, I don't know, I want to I go to the EU. Um, but I just feel like I feel like Gino should be held to the same standard that people are when people talk about conservative or authoritarian 
politicians in North America or this country for for that matter and um I find it find it really uh kind of intellectually lazy by especially um like media like mainstream media so newspapers and um sportsnet and i don't know tsn to just like mm. like their simple answer is oh he's russian and russians love have a different i think I've, it's like I've definitely seen people say like journalists say i can't really comment on this because i don't know enough about it they, and then there's no like dot 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 so i'm off researching it because that's my job it's like um they they always say i find dude dude media sports media so interesting it's like oh stick to sports we're gonna stick to hockey but as soon as it's something that affects them like testicular cancer Mm -hmm. or um their favorite canadian singer dying of cancer early like brain brain tumors early or something then it's like it's like that's that's not hockey at all but they 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 talk about it for like weeks they have like these tribute videos that like loosely connects i was like no it's gonna be anyway so i i find it intellectually lazy and possibly journalistically um irresponsible for them not to delve deeper into it because it you know sports players are people and they bring different things to the culture they talk about it all the time different hockey culture different culture they talk about they are really happy to make up things about how russians are lazy and can't be trusted and they should send them back to the experts on culture there so i find it find it irresponsible did you read the i think it was the new york times had an article about ovechkin and putin oh no yeah i think they had a quote from gino in there as well oh yeah what, what did they say? It was pretty much just the facts, I think. Oh, okay. Plus also, I, I include one of the facts being that Ovechkin did not come up with this on his own and it was definitely from the from the Kremlin. So <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. So they yeah. put that in as well, I'm pretty sure. But I've interpreted that as just the facts. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one thinks that Ovechkin came up with that on their own, uh, do they? I d- I don't see how they could, but then we're not experts with Russia. That was me being a sports <laughs> yeah. journalist, beat uh, reporter. Anyway, so Gino, Gino's, Gino's a dumbass. <laughs> uh, so, uh, did you see the game against Vancouver? The they they um. Vancouver came to Pittsburgh. I did see that game. And uh, Poodle, our favourite ex-Penguin. Yeah, he got a tribute video. Yeah, it's really weird. I didn't think that they would. <laughs> they didn't do one for James Neal. Oh, yeah. But I think I think if James Neal came back now, like if he had just been traded and came back uh, now with this maybe. administration, maybe. Maybe. I, don't know. I feel like ever since Phil Kessel was snubbed, re-tribute videos when he went to Toronto. The Pens have been really good at giving everyone a tribute video. I guess. Um, so Pugliot scored on his return to Pittsburgh. Yeah, he did. There have been quite a few articles. I think I've read one. Might have been The Athletic, but it might have been Sportsnet. But like, complimenting on how well Pugliot's been doing in Vancouver. Yeah. Which we thought we, we, we thought we thought had predicted. Yeah. We thought it would be a Justin Schultz situation. Yeah, and to see it play pay off so quickly. Oh, it's delightful. Yeah, fans have shut their fans have shut their effing traps. No, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure as soon as the Pens start winning some games, that they'll start talking yeah. about. Nope. Thank you for pulling up trade being a win. The um. So Sidney Crosby is having some kind of wild career downer, yeah. Galadriel style. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's diminishing and off to the west. Um, 
I was looking at the uh, stats for like scoring the scoring race. I'm so pleased that um, Phil Kessel is in the top ten. Oh, good for him! <laughs> Even though the team can't score like, any <laughs> five on five goals. <laughs> uh, the only five on five goals that this team score are some sort of broken play breakaway situation, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, technically a five on five, but it's more like. <laughs> just one player it's like fuck the system can I'm I tell on my own can I tell you something delightful yes please um it's um the Braden Chen oh yes from formerly of the Flyers mm-hmm. who was run out of town not just by the Flyers but by Penguins fans as well, <laughs> and just everyone who thought he was garbage. He's currently fifth in the scoring race. Yeah, he's, he's so good. He's got like I don't know, like twenty points in his last ten games mm. or something ridiculous. So I find that find that delightful, <laughs> delightful, delightful. Um, so the Pens are playing the Lightning today, which is why I was thinking about the scoring leaders because it's um, number one and number, number two. two. Uh, I think Stamkos is one and Kucherov is two, mm-hmm. but they're like one, one or two points yeah. apart. Um, the Pens are now so bad that their their opponents are giving them their second two goaltenders. So <gasps> yesterday against Boston, they played Budai. <laughs> No, no, no. no, no. Who did it? Dobin yesterday and Budai tonight. (laughs) The Pens very almost didn't lose in regulation. (laughs) They got within one goal. Oh, because they gave Sidney Crosby one goal that they shouldn't have. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So, while we were waiting for our pizzas earlier, (laughs) multiple. We ordered one pizza. But we ended up with two and a half. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> the, we saw on Twitter that the um, tire fire that is the Oilers, they, um, during practice, one of their reporters tweeted out that Camilleri was taking a turn at centre with McDavid on the right wing. And he said, the right wing, that's... That's the trading position. That's the funniest thing you've said this year. <laughs> you, uh, find, you find any negative statement of... No, it was list? funny. It was funny because we've been reading about all these, like, oiler trades this, this week. Um, so can we briefly talk about the other teams and then we'll come back to what we think is wrong with the pens. Okay. Okay, because I need a... Need, need a mental, take a, take mental a break. break. Um, so, the most surprising team to you in so far? Uh, surprising good? Either. Surprised that the Blues are so good. Yeah. But delighted. Yeah. Because I want only the best for Oscar Sunquist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... The capitals are pretty bad. <laughs> um, not surprised by the Oilers being bad, but very surprised by how bad they are. Oh. I thought they'd be middling, oh, middling no. bad, not a tire fire. <sighs> okay. What about you? I am delighted by how great the um, Blues and the Jets are. Oh yeah, the Jets are real good, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, just delightful. They're just their play is just so so fun to watch. Yeah, well. it's quick and strong and just fun and to like, watch. Sort of ruthlessly efficient. Yeah, mobile, just just great. Like lots of lots of. Um, smart plays as well as quick plays going on and uh yeah the they seem to be able to score on will both teams so that that's really uh that's really fun um i'm actually really surprised by how bad the owners are like i didn't think they were going to be bad oh i thought they would because the pacific was so weak 
that I thought there was no way that they would they would be out of a playoff spot at this time of year. But they're three points ahead of the Coyotes. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> That's so bad. It's just shocking how bad oh, they are. So bad. Um, um, do, they, do they make some trades mid-season? Well, can you trade a... Maybe they can trade... They could get quite a lot for McDavid. Well, any other GM could get quite a lot for McDavid. Yeah. Maybe they could trade GMs with Montreal because <laughs> Montreal, they need a change. They need a culture change. And I'd, they're talking about trading away... Um, Patch already? No. Um, Carey Price before that, that deal kicks in. That oh eight-year, $10 million... Deal kits in, so I'm thinking that probably that that goes ahead because Subban yeah. was traded before his deal. Because I'm, I'm, you would say no, that's unthinkable, but it's totally thinkable because they've got form. But and also, do you know who probably needs a goal next year? Nashville. <laughs> oh my god, that is beautiful. <laughs> So yeah, those those are my surprise teams. I think that I mean, like, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by how how good, like, how competitive the Metro is, and now we can come back to the Pens because the Pens are out of um, playoff position at the moment. They uh, they fell out of the wild card race yesterday after losing to Boston in regulation. You said that they haven't won. They've only won one game in regulation in the last 11 they've played at Boston. 12 now. Oh, 12 now. Um, so what do you think is wrong? What do you think is going right with the other Metro teams? What's going right in New Jersey <sighs> is my question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch their games, but I'm always confused but pleased when I see that they're one. I don't know why. I think it's because I'm so bitter along with Taylor Hall. Like Taylor Hall is so bitter that it, uh, it's, yeah. it's leaked over to me. I am I should want them to lose because I'm in the Metro. And like I yeah. guess mathematically I do want them to lose but in the Metropolitan I am super delighted by how great the islands are mm-hmm. at the moment because I really feel like Tavares Tavares, rather. Tavares needs... He's playing well with that, Emily. <laughs> he needs to pick me up. I think Eberly, who I read today, had his confidence completely shot. He admitted that his com- confidence was completely shot by the Edmonton media mm. <laughs> and that he's recovering in New York. So I'm really glad there's a happy story there. Um, Columbus can go F itself. So. <laughs> Um, I so the pens made some changes over the over the summer mm. over their break. Um, some changes were like changes they weren't going to be able to stop, like uh, Matt Cullen leaving. Yeah, who and I think he, they're missing his play, but they're probably missing. I think they're missing his kind like, of mental influence more. Yeah. Like, like, I think he... Yeah, the have... tone... Oh, yeah. I hate saying things like this, but, like, the kind of, like, influence he probably had on the team that kind of sets up an environment, a mood, right? And I feel like that change from where they were to what it is now, where there's lots of younger guys and there's Ryan Reeves, who seems to be quite a card. Um, I just don't know if the pens are very good... At that kind of playful maybe because they're not a playful team. It was um it was weird how much their like the way that la the last season and the season before they'd sort of built up like a you know, there would be all those shots of Sidney Crosby getting pushed around and he wouldn't even make eye contact with whoever was like sleuth footing him. Hmm. And now this season, he's fighting he, everyone. He took like a thousand penalty in like the first two games. It's just 
And it's, and it's not just him. Oh, well, maybe he is inspiring the rest of the team to be oh, yeah. volatile. For sure. For sure. I, so for me, I think the biggest structural change that they made is with the coaching, coaching staff, stuff. which I've we've discussed before. I feel like it was a really stupid mistake to change goalie coaches the way they did. They fired the one. Yeah, Andy. Yeah, who's now gone to Detroit, maybe? Oh, oh Carolina. Carolina, that's yeah. good for him. Um, it was one of the rare, rare-ish moments where I thought the organisation made themselves look bad. Not, not so much in terms of the bad choices they make, because they make bad. Everyone makes bad yeah. choices all the time, but they just. You know, it was such a shock firing, and but the, I, get, the, I get the feeling yeah. that the, they didn't treat him very well. Yeah, and, and they replaced him with Matt Murray's old buddy coach, which I just mm. think it it left Matt. It has left Matt Murray open to criticism that he's not getting yet because of so, he's built up so much goodwill because of the two. Stanley Cups with, with you know, and that's completely justifiable. But because I don't really like Matt Murray, I'm very quick to point yeah. the finger. But I think that if the goalie isn't doing very well, and they've changed the goalie coach to his old buddy, that like that's the first finger I would point. Um, I also wonder how great an offensive coach Mark Mark Rickey Rickey is. <sighs> yeah. Being a good player doesn't necessarily mean you're a good good coach. No. Doesn't necessarily mean you won't be a great coach, but just, I just wonder. What was the what was the coaching staff under? So when they when they fired Mike Johnston. Yeah. Johnston. Johnson. Johnston. Johnston. When they yeah. fired, I've already forgotten. When they fired Mike Johnston. Did they leave the rest of the coaching in? No, they, he took the defensive coach with him because they were fired together because he had brought the defensive coach in. Okay. And that's and why they put... Gone. Do you remember? So when Johnston was fired and the Pens weren't scoring any goals, the Pens fans cried for Tuckett's head. Like, Tuckett is only there because he's Mario's buddy. Oh, yeah, they should have cleaned house. They should have cleaned house. Yeah. And this is complete. This is why the Pens are such a garbage organization. And bloody 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 blah. They should have saved. They should have left Mike Johnston as coach and yep. just gotten rid of Tuckett. So I guess people should just don't know. You don't know what, how. I mean, like, who knew Tuckett would coach a team? That's, Broken record in how terrible <laughs> hockey teams can be. I think, I think that's just his slow, his slow run up. To, and now, to greatness. And now the team is going to start winning. Oh a lot. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget that Mike Sullivan had four losses in a row when he first started coaching the Pens. Do you think that tonight's expected loss, which would make it four in a row, yeah, is? The end of the Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about people who have built up a lot of goodwill. Yeah. I. I don't see. I don't see how Mike Sullivan could get fired this year. Oh yeah, I mean, not unless not unless something came out about him that oh, was yeah. unhockey related. Yeah. Even even then. <laughs> Uh, oh, let's let's not bring my cynicism into this rosy view of <laughs> rosy view of the hockey world. Um, and then now onto the next segment that I titled "LOL, LOL, Hockey is the stupidest sport in the world." <laughs> I gotta, I gotta look at these notes. So I was thinking about Gary Bettman um, this week mm -hmm. because uh, I watched um, Bon Cop, Bad Cop. Oh. <laughs> lunatic is out there killing members of the hockey community. For Detective Martin Ward, solving his latest case is nothing compared to getting along with his new partner. He's from Quebec. Martin Ward, 
David Butchard. Opposites attack this summer. Shoot first. Translate later. Short date. I don't know what that means. Easy wants to have sex with you. Bone cop. Bad cop. In theaters this August. So, I'd, I'd heard of this film before. Had, had you? I had heard of it. So, but it had never been available to watch here, but suddenly Netflix yeah. is carrying it. So I came across Bon Cop, Bad Cop 2, so I thought, oh, maybe they've got the original one as well, and they did. So I watched it, and then I was so delighted by it that I asked you and Joe to watch it. And I and sold it as... <laughs> if Jonathan Davis and... <laughs> Closure. Closure teamed up <laughs> to, to fight crime. <laughs> Wasn't the English cop Martin Ward as dull as Jonathan Toews? Yeah, he wore a turtleneck once. <laughs> Have you seen the Jonathan Toews toasters? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you want to eat that boring toast? If if I had that toaster, I would only put boring like toppings on it. Boring healthy toppings, chia seeds. Like that that green powder that people are putting on everything. <laughs> um, Jonathan Taves doesn't even eat bread. <laughs> Probably turns into a bird and hunts his own. I I I really enjoyed the film because I feel like I understand. Canadian hockey fans and hockey people in hockey media so much better than I <laughs> in this film. <laughs> and I really liked all the... I liked how uh, scathing the Quebecois cops were about English-speaking cops in general and English speakers and how stupid they were and how stupid their pronunciations are. It took you a lot of the movie before you realised that Gary Buckman wasn't to them making fun of yeah like, it's a real like, it's a, like the whole movie's making fun of Gary Buckman but it wasn't yeah like I, the character's I, name I thought they Buckman. were just because they're so sarcastic about everything Everybody, that I yeah. thought that I thought they were just calling Batman Buckman yeah. but no it was a fair it was a fair assumption <laughs> I I would have thought so too if you hadn't live live texted your way through watching the film <laughs> oh so. So, um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, I can't imagine you haven't seen it, but if you live in Europe, you're listening to this, Joe, (laughs) if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix, so you should watch it because, oh my god, Canadian hockey fans, it's so crazy, it's the best, it's a hockey movie. It made made sense that a deranged hockey fan would go around killing people. Like members of the hockey community yeah, it's in, a a, hockey in a bizarre movie. way. I was like, yeah, that characterization checks out. <laughs> hockey movie. Yeah. Um, so Batman last uh, at some kind of pro hockey sports talk um, was talking about the Olympics and he said, oh, he talked about many things, Olympics, lockouts and stuff. The Olympics, he said, there were a handful of clubs that said, Olympics, great, there are a handful of clubs, a bigger handful that said, this is really too disruptive. Then the group in the middle said, eh. Then, when the IOC took the position that they didn't want to pay the expenses, the reaction from all the teams was, wait, we need to reevaluate this. If they don't value our participation, why are we disrupting our season? And then he said that they're not going to go to um, Beijing either, and that, that China either, wherever the doing it in China oh. <laughs> it is Beijing right they're talking about Beijing and then um, and in that statement that he made he <laughs> talked about someone they were talking about um, he, they were talking about lockouts and he said something like Arthur Levitt who studied our economics economics at the time said we were on the treadmill to oblivion dude that hasn't changed in like, <laughs> <laughs> since the last lockout because <laughs> so but also in that statement he made about the clubs did you notice that he doesn't talk about the players he's just talking about the owners yeah right so the owners don't want to go but the owners are 
the owners are only part of the NHL and should only really be part of the decision making on this. Not according to Gary Bettman. Yeah, all the owners. (laughs) All the owners. But then he made something. So, related to this, the athletic James James Myrtle, Jim Myrtle, I can't can't remember his first name, um, talked about revenue forecasts for the NHL. And he said that Gary Bettman um, made some interesting statements about the projected league revenues. He pegged 2017-18 revenues at between... 4.5 4.5 and 5 billion for the coming season, which is much higher than what Myrtle would have ballparked it. So, and he thinks that the annual revenue of the NBA should be in the 8 billion range. So, the NHL revenue, 5, 4, 4.5, 5 billion, which might not be quite that high. I'm shocked that it's that high, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, how's that? Isn't, are they laundering money in some way? But, so the NBA revenues a couple of years ago before that big TV deal kicked oh, I in. I they do have 82 games a year. Yeah, that big TV deal kicked in was $5.87 billion. I think that's 25-2016. So my question about this, which is related to my previous question. Yeah is why is there so much wage discrepancy between the NBA and the NHL if they're making I don't know like two-thirds of that revenue so two-thirds of the revenue that the NBA is making why Why aren't the players the top players yeah paid more yeah making two-thirds of what the highest why why aren't why isn't um McDavid who signed his contract this year and he's the best player like possibly the second best player to ever play the game mm. why isn't he making 25% of what the, the best player in the NHL in NBA is playing because he uh, 75%, 75% yeah. so why not mm. because this is this league is a two bit organisation run by mediocre people teaching players to be mediocre all the time never stand out just be mediocre don't don't shine it's like they want people to be team players but they don't reward excellence because they are them they themselves are not excellent they are corrupt this is a corrupt system and the players should be heading for a lockout in my yeah humble opinion <laughs> it will be sad when there is a lockout oh, but I will um, with the workers. Yeah, but are you ready to to get angry when the the players are blamed for not being team players and demanding a lockout? But that's that's on every strike. Like, yeah. well, I remember when I was blamed for striking. Yeah. Like, oh, you should be appreciating. Like, there are people starving in the world. Why are you? It's like you know, because I want to be paid. For, I want to be paid fairly for. Yeah. I want a like. My, I want my, I want my effort to be rewarded within the system of my workplace, not compared to other people. If the company is making X, Y, Z, then I should be, yeah, yeah, I should be compensated according to the effort I put in to help make the organisation great. Like it's just anyway. So um, there you go. My, I just find like. Like, if, if someone like me, who's only casually interested in revenue, can ask this question straight away, I'm like... Yeah, the players... The, I don't know. The, re, the reason that they're not rising up is must, because, must be because they are constantly being told by mediocre people to shut the fuck up. That, that's all I can... The, their union is terrible. And they need better, better representation. That's what I think. Every time an agent is sort of pilloried, oh, I think nobody's doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's the good agent. Yeah. Um, can we briefly mention your the comment on your GenoVid? Oh yeah, people sure. should watch Jen's GenoVid because it's the <laughs> best. Um. So someone commented 
What kind of music is this, ya fucking flamer? <laughs> Which is, uh, what I've done is, I may have mentioned it previously, I've set up sort of automatic moderation on comments which have the word gay in, so they don't they don't get published until I approve them. Just in case there's any sort of positive spin on the word gay. So far, the YouTube comments have not given me that, that unicorn. <laughs> this one, this one managed to sneak through, but I, I found it eventually. <laughs> I lock in every so often. <laughs> I lock in every so often and see how many sweet views I'm getting. How and many then, sweet views have you? Have you oh, over 200,000. Oh, congratulations. It's it was starting, an amazing piece of work. It's starting to get sort of recommended as like the next video that people watch after some other... Mm. Like, you know, sports net, like inside your game yeah. open thing. I mean, 200,000, 200k, at least yeah. 100k must be other people. <laughs> I don't know if it counts my views or not, <laughs> like when I'm logged in and watch my own video. <laughs> so, gay music. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Be 3% of women who are part of the demographic seem to really enjoy the music yeah, choices. Yeah. I do. So, um, do you have any final final comments? Uh, my final comments are that I think I might have uh, fixed the audio ah. towards the end there. Fantastic. So you might we might sound tinny and robotic <laughs> and then suddenly when we're um, commenting on how what a what a what a numbskull <laughs> Gary Bettman is yeah. sound animated and correct. Yeah, I think it was around there. So I have one final comment which I have left to the end and I haven't brought it up with you. So feel free to cut this off mm -hmm. at this point so people will be interested in what I had to say, but we'll never find out. Excellent. So I have um so since we've uh, been not podcasting mm -hmm. due to the world being a hellscape and also I went on holiday and you you kind of went on holiday um there's, there's all this stuff about the hashtag me too mm -hmm. the women coming forward or about their experiences of being sexually harassed or sexually um I don't know raped or all, all kinds of things yeah. all kinds of unpleasant things yeah, all, in all the things that happen to yeah. all the women yeah um, and what I've been, so we've been reading all this, um, all these women testifying over and over again, their experiences, and as women, many of us will, may not have had the same experiences, but you recognise the I have environment. I've read, like, threads that are just, like, thousands of comments, and, and you think, oh, just read a few, but you read you, them mm -hmm. all, and then you cry, yeah. Anyway, so what I have been really interested in in the context of our podcast and um, what we're interested in on this podcast, which is sports, is that uh, like many things that happen amongst different like power structures, so in this case it's, although not always women, many women have been harassed by many men mm -hmm. <laughs> oh although someone some genius tried to posit that it was only 10% of men harassing 90% of women which is that's not how maths works. <laughs> you numbskulls um and uh so women care a lot and men just stand back and it's like oh this terrible thing happened to you and oh no and maybe, maybe i can um what is it like monday Monday morning quarterback yeah. your experience for you and what you should have done <laughs> and um, and uh, what I found really interesting is that this isn't it's not unexpected and it's not this is the way of the world because like for example racism is actually people who are the victims of racism don't have to fix anything. They shouldn't be the ones raising their voices. It's that racists are behavioural abusers who should fix things, who should be beholden in, like, for it's white on black racism. White people should wake the hell up and then organise amongst themselves to stop it. And in the case of um, sexual abuse and rape, 
of and non-consensual harassment of women in the workplace or in social situations that it should be incumbent on men to not to say oh poor you I didn't know this was happening but it should be that men should be organizing better visibly better um, with all the power they hold um, to say this is how we're going to stop our behavior uh, but they would never think of it as our behavior is individual yeah the 10 percent. yeah and in the context of sport where for better or for worse sports people men overwhelmingly male are regarded as role models now there's a big argument to whether male sports athletes should be regarded as role models or not but they they are are. but they are like for better or worse they are and with this power that they hold especially say that anyone younger than 18 is already lost they're not going to listen although i think they do They'll, they might argue and flap their stupid gobs but they listen but with the children a generation of the future if you had nba stars and nhl stars and nfl stars talking about consent and respect and and keeping your hands to yourself and keeping your mouth to yourself and just respect respect women respect even if you're sexually attracted to a woman or or a man shouldn't be sexually harassing them especially if you hold power social or like workplace or political power over them you should draw the line and control yourself i think there should be campaigns like this but because they're fucking sticking to sports no one mentions it's not it's it should be an organizational structural thing that sports could do because they do things about like hockey fights cancer and you you can play blah 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 and when they hold this awesome power over young boys who are watching and still forming their ideas on consent i think it's really incumbent on not just individual players and not just individual teams but as a sport they should be coming together and saying hey we're gonna we're gonna use our power for good but i don't know i'm i'm a woman (laughs) i'm just me but if I were the commissioner, or if I were Butman, that would be my first first order of play. Yeah. The um, the sports media industry has so far not. I don't think Nordic. It's still recording Nordic. Would you like to hear a? I mean, depending on your glass half full half empty outlook might be a positive story oh, yeah. or a negative story does it end with someone's someone's no no go ahead so i can't remember the um the person who tweeted this but she said when she was um one of her first occasions in sort of hockey locker rooms as a journalist uh, a young player was treating her quite badly and I can't remember the specifics and this was during Matt Cullen's first stint in Minnesota and he came in and sort of witnessed the end of it I think he might have witnessed the end of it because he stopped it and then the next time she was there the young player came up and apologise to her and she said that's definitely because Matt Cullen mm. you know taught him mm. to do that so is that a positive story about how great Matt Cullen is or a negative story about how of course every woman in every locker room is going to get these comments maybe that will be Matt Cullen's post post playing career that you go through every yeah. locker room and boardroom possibly and talk about not being dicks not being dicks to women who are just trying to do their job okay far more outrage about phil kessel deciding not to talk to the media after a game because how dare he stop the journalists doing their job 
<sighs> believe women. <laughs> yeah, believe women, support women. And also, don't sexually harass people. <laughs> That's just, it's just loose bullshit. Okay, so let's go pens, I guess, tonight. And also, I I neglected to play you... Um, you oh, yeah, yeah. Let's you go. had a theory, a oh, grand yeah. unifying theory about uh, Peter Shirelli's oh, sort of GM moves. GM moves. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Shirelli probably made one bad move. Last mm-hmm. Liverpool. <laughs> Which is now compounded <laughs> because he's set on a course and he can't back up. Like, maybe a man who can admit that they've done something wrong might be able to back out. But I don't, I don't feel like mm. hockey GM to the kinds of people who think, oh, I've made a huge mistake and they can back out. So he's um, he gone keeps, all in on... powering forward, yeah. trying to fix it by making more terrible moves. <laughs> And um, it reminded me, it's like, a, it's more of a visual joke, but it reminded me of... Um, we'll experience the audio. Yeah. This. When the spraying stops, count to five. Pat yourself down to avoid drip marks, then turn around so we can get your back. Got it? Spray, count, pat, and turn. Spray, count, and pat. Wow, you catch on quick. Well, I have a PhD, so... <laughs> One Mississippi... Two Mississippi, three Mississippi. You sprayed my front twice. You never turned? No, I barely even got the three Mississippi. Mississippi? I said count to five. <laughs> and and then Ross goes on to get sprayed once again because he's gone to place. Just goes to even it out. And then he um, realizes that he's being sprayed he thought that the spray at the back was going to spray but the front gets sprayed again so that's the third time he gets sprayed then and he turns and then he turns and then he gets sprayed again he gets sprayed four times so that's the whole train mm-hmm. the um the leeches signing <laughs> the Evelyn train and the russell signing four sprays we can't just give up is that what a dinosaur would do? <laughs> what? Dude, I'm just trying to speak your language. <laughs> Go, Peter Shirley. <laughs> um, so I look forward to the pens um, inexplicably beating the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. Oh, I love your optimism. Thank you. Love it. It's your um, defining trait. Yes. <laughs> also, I think, I think following today... Men will stop harassing women. I think we've seen the end of that. <laughs> Are you high on pizza? <laughs> no, it's the beer. <laughs> we have pizza. Yeah, and beer. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 what a pleasure it was to play with the legend Phil Kessel. Just got my mom's hair. Well, I guess uh, natural. How do you think 500 and hey. oh, Let's see if we can get a techno version of Crash because that should be our new opening. That's not good, eh? <laughs> Open and outro. <laughs> you know, you just catch your breath and go back after. Bingo. Bingo. Bingo.